You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel. This is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. You know that already because you listened to the intro. Uh, I had a great chance to interview Jessica Tarlov. Uh, She's a Hillary Clinton supporter. She's all over Fox News. I mean, she's amazing and wonderful. And I know people have been dying to get uh, some more Hillary support on the show. So I went out of my way and I said, Jessica, please come on and uh, and, uh, come on the show and praise your gal. And uh, and she did. So uh, here's the interview and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Marcus Parks is out at a water park or something, or maybe a zoo staring at a gorilla, having a great time. Um, but we got Jessica Tarlov. She's with me today. And I want to thank Meg. Uh, thank you for recording. Of course. You're the, you're the best, Meg. So we got Jessica Tarlov with me today. She's a Hillary Clinton supporter. She's a surrogate. She's all over Fox News, uh, you know, supporting her gal. On the Facebook page for Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, people are like, we love Hillary. Why isn't there more Hillary support on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat? So I'm giving the people what they want and that is in the form of jessica tarlov so obviously hillary she's had a couple of uh you know she's had a a few bumps in the road here recently uh literally and figuratively uh the polls in ohio and the polls in florida are tightening trump actually by some uh polls is is winning which is insane to even think about um when it comes to hillary clinton's health obviously she's been diagnosed with pneumonia and uh you know her medical records are now on on the tip of everybody's tongue jessica tarlov is is this a huge deal when it comes to Hillary Clinton's health? Do you think this disqualifies her? Support your gal. Oh, well, it definitely doesn't disqualify her. I want to add that I am not a formal surrogate with the campaign, just so everybody knows that. Um, but I am incredibly enthusiastic. So well, you have earrings. You have earrings with what? Hillary Clinton's face on them. And I have a watch, and you should see my phone case, which is custom, and it is amazing, but <laughs> I am not a member of the campaign. All right. Anyway, I think that... Um, the health issue is a major one, actually, and I think it is for both candidates, mm-hmm. um, much more so than, you know, everyone was talking last weekend about the deplorables comment. But I think that what happened on Sunday um, with the almost fainting and having to leave the 9-11 uh, ceremony early is a bigger deal because it just further enforces this kind of honesty and trustworthiness problem that she's been having. Right. And when you Now, s- if you saw her on the trail yesterday or today, she looks great. I mean, Mm -hmm. she looks recovered and she has color back in her face and I don't think it's just makeup and all of that good stuff. 
So she clearly was sick, and now she's not sick anymore. But what it did is it brought this health issue up again. And if you look at the polls on it, you know, only 50% of Americans think that she's in good health, but 70% of Americans think that Trump is, which is incredibly interesting considering that we have disproportionately more information about Hillary Clinton's health than Donald Trump's. You know, he went on Dr. Oz, and he pulled out that summary of his medical check with his doctor, the insane-looking one, who's a GI specialist, by the way. So it's strange that he's doing internal medicine, but I'm only a PhD doctor, so I shouldn't be judging. (laughs) But anyway, you know, he talked about his weight and his vitals. He's, I believe it's four pounds away from being obese, but apparently that's cool. And he says Mm. he's never been in a hospital since he was 11, which I thought was interesting because he got out of, uh, he draft dodged, right, on bone spurs. Which right. I'm pretty sure that he probably went into a hospital to get checked. But well, maybe anyway. the doctor came to him. So, do you yes, think that? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, do you think there's a double standard when it comes to health in Hillary Clinton? Do you think there's an innate sexism uh, when discussing her uh, her ability to be president, uh, specifically when it comes to her health? Um, it's a tricky one because I do think that there's been a lot of sexism as an undercurrent in this election. I think that if a man had shown up to run for the presidency with her qualifications, even if you took the worst reading of them Mm -hmm. and you said, you know, he was a terrible senator for New York, right? Lost jobs upstate, didn't Mm -hmm. get anything passed. I'm being Donald Trump right now, right? And then she was the worst secretary of state in history. Like the Middle East is on fire. She didn't get anything done. It wasn't her call to take out Osama bin Laden. And it's not an accomplishment to go on an airplane, right? We would still be overwhelmingly supporting that candidate if it was a guy. Well, do you and think, I really do you think that has to do with the fact that she is campaigning as a Democrat? She is putting herself out there uh, as a progressive. Obviously, Bernie Sanders sort of forced her in uh, to that direction. And right. I don't think she is a natural leftist in a lot of ways. Um, do you no. feel like that's the issue with her? Her record and her rhetoric aren't really matching. Um, No, I don't think that's the issue with her. I think that she is an incredibly guarded private person. I think that that is who she is naturally. And I think it's also the product of being in the public eye as she has been for 30 years. I mean, if I don't know if uh, you watched it or anyone who's listening, but they did both candidates did those hour long interviews with CNN that came out on Labor Day where friends and family also talked to them. Donald Trump actually didn't do his own, but Hillary allowed herself to be interviewed about Monica Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. You know, she never talks about Monica Lewinsky. And it was a very open telling interview where you could, you got real insight to her and, you know, talking about the hurt and the pain and what she did and that she sat around eating junk food with girlfriends and how angry she was. And I thought that that was a really critical point in the campaign for her to be talking about things like that and to be opening up. Sure. So one of the issues with Hillary, a lot of people feel as if they don't know the, who the real Hillary is and, and, and how is that possible? Right? Like, like you just mentioned, she's (laughs) been in the public eye for roughly 30 years or so. Uh, you know, we still have Bill Clinton. There's stories about him having sex with this woman in Chappaqua. They nicknamed her the energizer, which she sounds like a great uh, person to meet. Um, (laughs) why is it with, what is it with Hillary? What is it with her character that makes it difficult for her to let the guard down because Because, I mean, one of the key parts of being a politician is being relatable. Why is that so difficult for her? Well, there are two components to being a politician, right? There's 
the campaigning part and there's the governing part. Right. And I think she's very good at the governing part and she's less good at the campaigning part. I think part of that is just natural personality. Like I said before, that she is just a more private person. And I think when you look at couples, you often see that even with your friends, right? You go out to dinner with a couple and one of them is the chatty, you know, star of the table as it were. Right. And the other is the more quiet reserved one who's a fantastic support system, but might be actually smarter you know, have mm-hmm. a cooler job, be more interesting, but they just, you know, they sit back and they let their partner have the show. And I think that's a lot of what goes on with Hillary and Bill Clinton, because Bill Clinton can't stand back, right? It's right. physically impossible for him to ever, you know, just lay back and, and let it go. And I think he's been doing very well, actually, in this campaign with that yeah but um so how is it that hillary clinton right now is even remotely close how is it that donald trump is even remotely close to hillary clinton i mean the man has said so many inflammatory things he's obvious he's never held any uh government office whatsoever i mean hell the guy basically just goes stamps his names on buildings and proclaims he built them when in reality of course he he hasn't lifted uh, even a lego in his life how is it that hillary clinton isn't able to defeat this man I mean, outright. How how isn't this a a, a Reagan Mondale? How isn't this five hundred and some to thirteen in the electoral college right. at the end of this election? What does she have I mean, to do? I wish I knew. It should be that way. What does um, she have to no, do? I think. Well, it's two parts. First, I want to address how we got here because I think that there's a big component of this is the fact that they have we have now about forty two percent of the electorate identifying as independent, mm-hmm. and you're part of that. Right. Faction. I know right now you're supporting Gary Johnson, but you are an independent and tons of millennials are. Our generation is very independent. And so then you have the polarization of the left and the right and everything has moved so far to the extreme so that you have kind of a Bernie Sanders like platform on our side and the rhetoric out of the right. You know, obviously there were the true conservatives viewing kind of hateful stuff in a more policy-oriented way, like a Ted Cruz, sure. and then a Donald Trump. Someone right. standing up there saying, yeah, of course we'll build a wall. Yeah, we'll ban Muslims. Uh, let me mock a disabled reporter and all the other things that you alluded to. Right. So I think the issue is when you take the independents out, and largely independents lean left as a voting block, but it seems like in this election they aren't, and the, they're disproportionately going for Donald Trump right now. And I think part of that is Democrat fatigue. There's something very odd going on in that Barack Obama has such a high approval rating, but 70 percent say the country's going in the wrong direction, right? They say they're dissatisfied with the economy, even though we've added millions of jobs. Wages have started to grow. Unemployment's under 5 percent, et cetera. So I think all of those things are going on. And then on top of it, this is an outsider election. I mean, over 85% of Americans want change. Right. It's just a fact. And when you ask people, even Democrats, do you want to continue Barack Obama's policies or do you want to go in a different direction? Close to a majority will say that they want to go in a different direction, though they really like Barack Obama. But there's not this feeling that things are better. You know, that's what Republicans use very effectively. Do you feel like you're better off than you were eight years ago? 
Sure. And I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting because obviously uh, Bill Clinton left office with roughly 65 percent of uh, approval rating, similar to where Barack Obama is now. I do believe if Barack Obama threw his uh, name into the race, uh, he can technically serve two years. You do get 10 years as a president because theoretically, if you if a president dies in office and you're a vice president, you're supposed to uh, be allowed two terms. Um, People would vote for him outright. I think this election would be over. Everyone would agree. Oh, my God. Let's get Obama. uh, Let's have him stay in there. So with Hillary Clinton. Clinton, you know, why isn't she able to ride that wave um, of of support for uh, President Obama? She has said she's going to she's going to continue on his legacy. Um, and mm-hmm. why is it that she has such a difficult time? Either she doesn't um, she doesn't project as if she understands the struggles of everyday Americans, such as the automation of the workforce. You look at CVS's, for example, or Dwayne Reed's. I mean, all these pharmacies, self checkouts, you know, driverless cars right. that Google is coming out with. What is it about her that she's not able? What can she do better, or why is it that she can't uh, relate to the common person in this country? Is it because she's been in the public eye for so long? But I think that also she's just a colder person in public than a Barack Obama. You know, it's just a fact about her. And there was something so momentous about his candidacy. You know, I was living in London at the time. And the whole world was so excited that we were about to and then that we did elect our first African-American president. Right. That felt like such a tremendous thing. And I don't think that people predicted how difficult it would actually be to get a woman elected. Because the polls say that 80 percent of Americans want a woman in office. It's only a top priority for about 30 percent. And I think that we really take for granted how incredible it is that we have a female head of a major party ticket. And that she stands, you know, a 70 percent chance of winning the White House. And I think that we have a lot more inherent sexism in this country than we are aware of. Just even, you know, I think about like going back to this week about the health and then the few weeks preceding where you have, you know, people standing out there talking about her energy levels like that, you know, old lady, you know, oh, grandma Hillary. Uh, How many times have we heard people criticize her clothes? Right. She's always in these ugly pantsuits, you know, not feminine. Um, going back to the 90s, that she had cankles. Well, I mean, now, but, Donald Trump's suits but, don't fit him. I mean, no, sure. his part, it's so frustrating. I mean, he has a, a strange spray tan, I think. I don't know, his white eye, you know, he glows out of his eyes. And oh, everything yeah, I mean, else is orange shaded. And, you know, yes, there are memes about his hair and whatever it is, but... He doesn't get the kind of flack that she does. Hillary's I don't think that that's necessarily today. I don't think that that's really true. I mean, you have the situation that happened in Union Square where an artist put up uh, statues of a naked Donald Trump with a very small, yeah, accurate penis. Uh, if you would, if, if yeah. that would have been a naked statue of Hillary, the outrage would have been completely insane. And I'm certainly not defending uh, Donald Trump. But I mean, at the same time, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, uh, energy matters, health matters. I mean, if you look at the presidents uh, that have come previous, health has always been a major concern, specifically when it comes to individuals running for office of a certain age. I mean, if you look what happened with Ronald Reagan in 84, his first debate against Mondale, the man looked yeah. like he had early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah. And well, that was the second debate where he, he where he rebounded. But I mean, so you can't I mean, I do think there's a slight double standard when it comes to Hillary Clinton. She can't be guarded by the fact that she's a woman um, simply because uh, and, and, and repel all things when it comes to her um, age and ability to govern. Um, 
Um, but I mean, how how could she do a better job of uh, showing the American people that she has the energy? Because I mean, this fainting fit on nine eleven. I mean, this is really dangerous, scary stuff. We can't have a president who is going to die in office. I mean, we have to vote for a person who we believe could stay alive for four years. Yeah, it's interesting though. They had. Um an actuary, I believe is what it's called, evaluate the chances that both of them were going to die in office. And Donald Trump had double the likelihood of dying in office than Hillary Clinton based on the medical information that's available. Hmm. So taking your point, I think what's critical is that she's out there on the campaign trail, that she looks healthy and vibrant, which she has the last couple of days, that she talks over and over again about any issues that the American public are interested in. And that's always been, I think, the problem with Hillary is that whatever everyone's talking about, she doesn't want to talk about. All right, so you explain know, that. Why would about she, her. Well, what is it that um, the people want to talk about that she refuses to talk about? Because it seems counterproductive for a politician to go out there and in, in a bunch of, you know, it'd be as if, you know, I went on stage as a comedian and I just, uh, you know, read, uh, you know, the saddest tales of Salinger or something. If people want to see comedy, you should perform comedy. People want to see substance. She should perform a, uh, she should, uh, you know, speak with substance, right? Right. I absolutely think so. I mean, the best example of this has been the email. Sure. You know, it wasn't until last week that she had a press conference, right? She had 200, almost 280 days without a press conference. And in that period of time, you saw her honesty and trustworthiness numbers completely tank sure. because of the email server controversy. So talking about it, answering questions, explaining yourself over and over again is important, especially if your story isn't changing. And the Clinton camp has been consistent on what went on. Obviously, you know, James Comey's and, you know, non-indictment indictment hurt her a lot in the FBI interviews, et cetera. But I think that when Hillary does not seem open to talking about what reporters want to talk about, and the questions that they want to ask, it looks like she's being defensive and hiding something. Sure. And Donald Trump hides nothing, literally nothing. Well, he hasn't released his tax reform, uh, his, no, no, his no, taxes but I mean, and, and well, things like it's that. It's not a topic. You couldn't say to him, you know, like, well, I really want to talk about your dog. And he's, say, he's not even going to say, I don't want to talk about my dog. He's going to say, sure, let's talk about my dog. Right? Right. He's not going to release the information and he's going to lie to you. He's going to lie to you all the time. Okay, but he's so, going to talk about it. Well, yes, but let's stick so, with Hillary. So, I think she has to do that. When it comes, first and foremost, sorry, yeah. yeah. When it comes to Hillary, I mean, the scandals. I mean, they just constantly seem. She constantly is is bombarded with with scandal after scandal after scandal. Uh, when it comes to the Clinton Foundation, for example, a lot of people perceive that as a pay-for-play operation. A lot of people see her taking money from, you know, the Saudi government, which is, of course, responsible for 9-11, has some of the worst human rights abuses across the world. People well, see she that. didn't take any of that money. Well, the Clinton so. Foundation took it. And, 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 and reflects, did, but, but it reflects on her. How, how is she going to be able to, like, deal with those when it comes up to the debates? Because these debates are going to be insane. Uh, Donald Trump yeah. is just going to be like, she took money from a uh, from a country that enables women to be murdered uh, in in, uh, in honor killings. They have uh, they have uh, you know they have uh, religious police. You know, making sure Christians don't enter certain zones. How is she going to be able to deflect all of these unbelievable accusations uh, against the Clinton Foundation, which reflects on her? Well, I think what she's going to say, which is the truth, is that there's no evidence that there was any pay for play. While she was Secretary of State, she decried the Saudi Arabian. Uh, treatment of women and girls and homosexuals repeatedly. That's on the record. Um, the work that the Clinton Foundation has done 
is amazing. And that's why they have an A rating from Charity Navigator. And what's the other one? Uh, I'm not sure. What, okay, Charity, can, right? go into Charity some, Watch. Go into some of the benefits of the Clinton Foundation because it's not something that we hear about oh, too like often. the Global Health Initiative. I mean, they've delivered uh, HIV medicine to millions of people. They've, you know, uh, created education programs to empower women and girls. They worked with Mohammed Yunus on microfinance. You know, he created the Grameen Bank and won the Nobel Prize for that. Um, that's also one of the people in that terrible AP article, remember, where they put up the tweet that they then had to take down that said, you know, half of the people she met with as Secretary of State were donors to the Clinton Foundation when they didn't at all include the thousands of people she worked with and met with who worked in government, uh, both foreign and domestic. They've done a ton of good work, you know, uh, making sure that we have clean drinking water all over the world and, you know... I would recommend everybody go to their website to see what they're done. But I do happen to agree with the Washington Post and the Boston Globe, who wrote editorials about how it's critical for the Clintons to distance themselves from the foundation so that people are assured that there will be complete transparency and almost a blockade between the Clintons and the foundation when Hillary is in office. And they've said that they will with the global health initiatives, and I hope they do with the foundation as well. And there was a suggestion mm -hmm. that they let Bill and Melinda Gates run it, which I think is a fantastic one, because we know Bill and Melinda Gates will do a wonderful job and will want to uphold their legacy, and they can know that it's safe and sound while they get eight years in the White House. Um, so right. I think that that is critical to get out there and to say, none of this is true, but we do understand that we have a transparency problem here with the American public, and these are the steps that we're taking to rectify it. We have to I think that that is absolutely critical. Well, I mean, I, 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 I agree that that would be a great defense, and she should uh, express those things a little bit more uh, clearly to the American people, although I do believe um, there was uh, some good done by the foundation, uh, but in my opinion, there's no denying uh, that they definitely um, opened the doors. It allowed uh, certain people with wealth to have access to power that they otherwise would not have had. But, well, uh, access and favors, and I know that this sounds like a tricky dick thing to say, but, you know, there is a line between access and favors. Obviously, there were some blurred lines. Like, I don't like how closely connected people at private sector firms that are run by former Clinton aides and people in the State Department and the foundation were in communication like that. That's just a fact, though, of what goes on. So that's a larger question about reform and not the Clintons. But what I find is incredible about this is we're having a discussion, right, about the pay-to-play in the Clinton Foundation sure. and what the Clintons did wrong. When we know that Donald Trump gave $25,000 to Pam Bondi, the AG in Florida, and then she dropped a case against Trump University, right? We know that there's a Washington Post reporter who everyone should check out who's been following uh, Trump's charitable givings, right, and found that he's basically funneled money from other charities through his own, given it away so that he never has to give money himself, and then on top of it, charge people I mean for using his event space. Like he got, two, I think, $267,000 for hosting a charitable event for police officers, I believe it was in Florida, and he gave $150,000 that wasn't his money. Sure. And he bought that $20,000 portrait of himself. I mean, there are incredible things going on here, and we're talking about what the Clinton Foundation did 
that's the thing that really bothers me about all of this. I'm all for transparency. I'm all for her getting out there and saying, I understand the, that this looks bad. It isn't bad, but I want to take the steps to make sure that you know that I am on your side and I always have been. And Donald Trump gets a free pass. Do you know that he has a loan out to the Chinese, well, the Bank of China, which is the Chinese government? Right. There's a big article in Newsweek this week about how Trump is basically beholden to foreign governments, mobsters. I mean, people, all characters all over the world that if Hillary Clinton even had a frozen yogurt with, you would flip out. And no one is pushing Donald Trump on it. It's totally disgraceful. Well, now, a lot of people, it's interesting that you are uh, coming from the perspective that the media is being too easy on Donald Trump. Um, a lot of people believe that the, uh, the media is innately liberal and they find it to be extremely biased, uh, specifically when it comes to supporting Clinton. I mean, CNN was notoriously known as the Clinton News Network in Clinton the 90s. Network, yeah. um, and and mm -hmm. a lot of people argue that that is still the case today. So if it is, if it is the case that the uh, media is being too light on Donald Trump, um, why is it that he is, uh, you know, it, it's interesting with Trump because he is not perceived as a good person. So you get these, uh, you know, uh, when you hear information about him doing wrong, you're like, of course, it's Donald Trump. Right. Hillary Clinton is perceived as a good person because the media has painted her as such for so long. So when you hear negative things, it really does sort of fly in the face of what we're supposed to believe. Of the of, narrative. Of the narrative. Exactly. So, I mean, how is yeah. Hillary supposed to, uh, you know, deal with these allegations and then also pretend as if she is, you know, pro-family, pro-woman uh, and, uh, and, and well, pro, not pretend. Uh, you know, liberal? She is. <laughs> no, she's not pretending any of these things. I mean, Hillary Clinton has a 30-year career to fall back on to say that these are issues that have mattered to her from the start. Like, you know, Donald Trump this week unveiled his child care policy which is completely ridiculous insofar as, you know, well, now why is money that, from unemployment. Why is that ridiculous? Oh. Because a lot of people believe that's a more liberal policy than Hillary Clinton's, uh, who currently hasn't even put anything forward. It. Well, that's a lie because it's been on her website. It came out first in January and then updated in May. She's also been talking about these issues since the 90s. The reason that his policy is no good and they actually think that it's going to hurt mothers more. First of all, he's dipping into unemployment benefits to pay for his six weeks of maternity leave. And her policy, by the way, is 12 weeks. He doesn't cover fathers, which I think is abhorrent. You know, this is about families, right? And it doesn't even cover fathers in a same-sex marriage couple, mm -hmm. which I, I believe, you know, gay marriage is law of the land now. So, and he's not covering uh, taking sick leave to to care for your family. Okay, so going, uh, so let's just stick with the idea that Hillary Clinton is a is an advocate for all, which is the uh, platform that she's running on in 2016, not the platform she ran on in 2008 when she was against gay marriage, not the platform she uh, supported in the early 90s when she called black super predators and supported the 1994 crime bill, which was absolutely atrocious. How is she going to convince the American people that this is the legit Hillary? I mean, I understand that people uh, evolve on issues. They do change their mind. I've certainly changed my mind on a lot of issues uh, that, I, that I felt strongly about in my 20s. I've changed now in my 30s. I do get it. But how is she going to convince the American people that, she's actually that she actually believes the rhetoric that she's spewing? Because Donald Trump, it, we know he's a liar. We know he's a scam artist. We know this whole thing's a fraud. I believe he just wants to start a media company. But Hillary Clinton, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean we, we need someone to believe in. One what is she going to do to make us believe her? I think she just has to keep talking about her record and keep owning things like she did. She apologized for making the super predator comment um, in 1996. She needs to talk about, you know, her presence in the minority communities throughout her career. I mean, there is a reason that 
the black community is backing her as strongly as they are. I know that it's not the same level of support as Barack Obama. I think that's to be expected since he was the first black president. Um, she needs to be talking about her lifelong support for comprehensive immigration reform and that also she was for a strong border. You know, she's someone who talked about fencing. It's not quite a wall, but talks about fencing. And, so you know, that's... she backed Ted Kennedy's bill. Right. I mean, she needs to talk about policy and just to say, you know, out there, this is about substance over style and rhetoric. And and that's really what it comes down to. I understand that he's a showman. And as she said yesterday in her press conference, he will always be a better showman than her, but she will always be a better governor than him. And I think that's what she needs to talk about. I personally am not a massive fan of the stronger together catchphrase. You know, I don't think it's as powerful as make America great again, though, you know, I am one of those who thinks America is great. And I'm curious as to what time he is talking about. That was a point actually emphasized today by the Congressional Black Caucus who were out protesting Donald Trump after his 28-second uh, birth or, you well, know, acceptance of Obama. He said Obama American was born in America. All that's apparently done with. But now. he also blamed birther, birtherism on Hillary Clinton, which we know is a lie. Well, you know what? So, it's interesting. You know. I mean, of course, the Make America Great Again catchphrase is just taken from Ronald Reagan's Let's Make Ronald America Reagan. Great Again. I mean, so he just stole uh, the entire thing, going with the entire um, going with the fact that he is a con man who was just picking and choosing uh, the policy <laughs> issues that he believes are more that resonate more with the population. Hence, he's a populist candidate. Would you say that Hillary Clinton is the mo- is more conservative when it comes to actual um, legislation than Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump was against the Iraq War. Uh, it gets a little bit, uh, you know, muddy there, but he did write a book. He was against it before she was, but yes. he was for it, obviously, in 2002, even though he lies and says that he wasn't. Sure, and I do believe if he was in the Senate, he probably would have voted for it. Um, but do you believe that Hillary Clinton, and there's a lot of liberals out there who are completely, uh, they're pissed, and, and, and they feel disenfranchised. Obviously, Bernie Sanders completely railroaded. Hillary Clinton, by today's liberal standards, is a center-right candidate. Do you feel like liberals um, on the left, they don't have a choice in this election? Um, no, I don't think that, and I think the number of, you know, we have near-perfect um support from Bernie Sanders supporters for Hillary Clinton now. Well, you know, you know have one percent. No, well you do. We have ni- about ninety percent now. So we, I do. don't we believe- have a few going to Gary Johnson. Well I mean that's what the polls are saying. Yeah, yeah, could that change and will they go in there and be voting for Jill Stein? I mean maybe, I don't think so, but you heard Bernie Sanders out on the trail today saying voting for a third party candidate in this election is not an option. Well, you get the feeling you know, Bernie Yeah, I think they I think they showed Bernie Sanders some assassination tapes or something like that because it seems to Aww. me as if that man is uh, you know, <laughs> at no point I mean the man was an independent until he started running um uh, of course in this last election cycle. So it is a bit ridiculous for him to be stumping and saying a third uh, party uh, candidate is a you know, voting for a third party candidate is a, is a wasted vote. I think there's a, a certain irony there. Well, I think that he, no, but I think that he means it in this election. This isn't a normal election. Right. And, you know, that's what the Donald Trump campaign has done so well in the past few weeks is they haven't painted him or he's been able to kind of overcome the image that he's an existential threat to the universe. Right. Because it's right. like, you don't like her and he's not completely insane. And I don't have to worry that he's going to you know, launch a nuke on his first day in office. So it's OK to vote for him. And the Clinton campaign has to do two things, right? They have to combat that image because we know, for instance, that 
during one foreign policy briefing, he said three times, you know, can't you just use the nukes? I mean, it's a completely unacceptable way of thinking about foreign policy, but that's how he thinks about it, because he thinks that it's a game. So you have to make sure that people are aware of the fact that he is dangerous, but she also can't be seen as just going after him, because that doesn't work for her. You know, she tried that for a few weeks, where she was just taking jabs at him nonstop, and it's not a comfortable place for her, because that's not her personality. She's a policy wonk. She shines when she talks about people and policy. I mean, in North Carolina yesterday, on Thursday, it was just such a brilliant showcase of who Hillary Clinton is. She was talking about the details of her meetings with supporters, you know, when she went to visit someone in a hospital and talked to them about their medical bills. You know, she's the first person who wanted universal health care, right? She fought for it in the 1990s. When she says something like, you know, I can afford to take a sick day, but majority of Americans can't, right? And that's why she's for paid sick leave. And stories like that that I think really bring it to light. You know, when she stands up there with the mothers of the movement, with the African-American mothers of uh, young people who have been uh, shot by police officers, when she stands up there with them, it's incredibly powerful. Now, I know that Donald Trump has his, I think they're called the angel moms, Mm -hmm. the mothers of people who lost their children to illegal immigrants. Uh, to illegal immigrant crime. And I think that's extremely powerful as well. I just think that fundamentally you can't believe that he actually cares about these people. He wants to win an election, or maybe he doesn't, and he just wants the Trump News Network. But I think now he's gotten pretty used to the idea that he wants to be president. And so he's going to go for that, and he's going to say anything to do it. You know, he's going to go into a black community and scream, what do you have to lose? Well, you know what the question is, though? but But actually, I don't even hate that question, because what do they? have to lose i mean with hillary clinton with what's happened uh, you know what happened in the 90s what happened in the early 2000s the black community is no better off today than they were uh, back in the 60s i mean uh you know so well, uh, when, when no, it comes I'm to hillary sorry. clinton we're, no we had the civil rights act we needed sure we had I, I mean, I, the 64 65 of course uh, I have no. I mean, those those are those are wonderful acts, and I'm happy the civil uh, the, the civil rights and the voting acts uh, passed. But when it comes to Hillary Clinton and the black community, what have what have the Clintons given them? What what has any Democrat given them? Well, well, here you go. So the black unemployment rate, which I believe is at nine point six percent, not and, the forty eight percent or whatever it is that Donald Trump says. Well, so I mean, Donald Trump takes into account the people who are not looking for jobs anymore, who are not added into that number, which I think is a total fraud and a complete and utter, I mean, it, it's total nonsense that they don't take into account the 40 million Americans who aren't currently seeking jobs. They don't count them into the unemployment number. Um, so, okay, so let's say it's 9.8%. I, I do believe that number is, is low. I think it's about double that, but uh, go on. All right, well, either way, do that. You have people who are trying, even though I, I know there's a lot of work to do here, but people who are trying to reform the education system, people who are trying to make public schools better, not just going for privatizing the school system. You know, I am personally for school choice as an overarching idea. I don't think I don't want public schools to suffer for it. But that's but not, but that's not Hillary Clinton. To have a choice. But that's not Hillary yes, Clinton's platform. Well, no, her platform is definitely being anti-school choice right now, yeah. and I do think that that's a mistake, and I don't know how long that's going to last. There are a lot of Democrats who are pro-school, cho- uh, pro-school choice and vouchers, and I think that that's important to be talking about because charter schools have uh, put up some incredible results. 
but we don't want public schools to suffer for it. Um, I think in terms of the crime bill, the tricky part there is that, first of all, that was her husband's bill, not her bill. And I think that it's an interesting thing that she gets blamed for a lot well, of stuff that isn't hers. Yes, she supported it. Yeah. But this is the same thing. People say Hillary Clinton, like NAFTA was her fault. It's ridiculous. She wasn't president. But well, you there can't, is a lot I mean, of she was but, which is why she's leading the way with criminal justice reform. And Bill Clinton has also spoken to the shortcomings of that bill. Yes. And, you know, the problem with three strikes and you're out, et cetera. I think what it is, and I think why they have such a strong pull on the black community, is that even though some things have gone wrong, they have been there. And they believe that they always had their best interests in heart. You know, it's not much talked about, but the black community overwhelmingly supported the 1994 crime bill. We never sure. talk about that. You know, Donald Trump just says, oh, and it was enforced on them and we did this to them. That's not true. Church leaders were behind it. Policing communities were behind it. I mean, so it's it's complicated. But the point is, is I think that people believe that the intention was never that they just want to lock up a lot of black people. And that people believe, I mean, over 60 percent of people think that Donald Trump is bigoted. You know, there's a big difference there. And there's a Washington Post article that was out today that I thought was super interesting about qualities that we talk about in the candidates. And with Hillary Clinton, we only talk about her honesty and trustworthiness, right? That's always what's going on. We have favorability and honesty, right? right. And they said, but if you dig down and you unpack all the other qualities, temperament, experience, effectiveness, intelligence, she is destroying him. Sure. But we don't talk about it. And that's where the media has failed. I believe, because yeah. you are dealing with a woman who everyone agrees is qualified to this. I mean, you saw the numbers this week that a strong majority do not believe he's qualified to be president. And that includes a lot of plurality of Republicans. Sure. And he's up there coasting through. It's, I mean, it's really absurd. And a lot of it is because people just don't like her. You know, there are sure. people voting for Trump because they're just voting against Hillary. And, you know, vice versa. And vice versa. It's a real shame. I'm interested yeah. to hear your opinion when it comes to Hillary Clinton and uh, conservative support. I mean, obviously, with the Bill Crystals right. of the world who are never Trumpers. Right um, she's at what? What was the percent? It's 12 percent, 12 percent, the highest in recent memory. Um, yep. Obviously, you know, um, you know, Nixon was discussing the silent majority. It was uh, rehashed under Gingrich mm -hmm. when he was the Speaker of the House. Do you believe the silent majority in this country is going for Hillary Clinton? I know Donald Trump is constantly touting like people don't want to say they support me. The numbers are going to be huge right. on November 8th. I think the people who support yeah. Donald Trump, from my understanding, are exceptionally vocal. Do you think that Hillary has the support of the conservative silent majority in this country? I mean, I, I, certainly not at Nixon levels, um, but I think that there are a lot of people who will go into the voting booth and have a very heavy heart and a lot of difficulty rationalizing a choice to vote for Donald Trump, Donald Trump because of anxiety about what kind of president he's going to be. And whether you like it or not, you know what you're going to get with Hillary Clinton, right? I mean, she's going to be, I believe, more center left and certainly the platform reflects and i think that's a good thing you know i'm like a blue dog democrat type so um i think that there will be a lot of people who may have said that they were going to vote for trump and then couldn't but i think there are also a lot of people who are being very quiet right now especially among the upper classes who are going to vote for trump you right. know, a lot more college-educated people than are talking about it, um, certainly in the business community, because he's offering you a big, fat tax break, right? Like he's sure. offering $4.4 in tax cuts. 
Well, and, of course, I mean, uh, Wall Street is an extra, uh, Wall Street people who work on Wall Street Wall are Street extremely thrilled her. with this. Right, exactly. So Overwhelmingly, this is, they're behind her because they like stability. But I think that sure. there are a lot of individuals out there. I mean, I don't, I can't put a percentage on it, but I know a lot of pollsters, including, you know, my boss, who believes that there are a lot of people floating around this country who are not going to say it out loud because it is embarrassing because they know that he is so embarrassed, embarrassing, but they're backing him because you know, it's an uncomfortable thing if you're running in a certain circle to stand up there and say, like, you know, I, I think it's an okay idea to ban Muslims. Right? I mean, like that madness. just doesn't feel like a good thing to say. But the truth is, if you're scared of terrorism, and we know that majority, well, certainly of the Islamic terrorism that goes on is perpetrated by Muslims, so now it's happening homegrown, right? Like Omar Mateen, et cetera, right, and we lose more people to gun deaths, obviously, than we do to terrorism. Um, you know, if you have a candidate saying we're going to ban restrict travel from these 34 terror hotbed countries, maybe that appeals to you or people who want a wall, even though majorities un understand that that wall isn't going to get built. Sure. So there are little policy proposals. I mean, they're big policy proposals to his campaign, but little things in your mind that might make him okay to you if you want to go single issue. Right? Well, I mean, I, I think it, but it also gets blown out of proportion, right? I mean, his, his immigration stance, Barack Obama has deported more uh, illegal immigrants than any president before. I believe it's yep. 22 million. I mean, so, it, I mean, it's huge. When it comes to, uh, you know, a ban on Muslims, we basically already have it. We have major uh, visa restrictions on nations that harbor terrorists that tend to be uh, majority, I mean, vastly majority Muslim. We just don't give it the religious test because Donald Trump is not an articulate person and he doesn't understand how inflammatory and hateful that rhetoric comes across as but when it comes to hillary clinton i just want to i want i want to ask this final question her basket of deplorables uh you know when she talked about how half of uh, donald trump supporters are deplorable human beings these are individuals the majority of them um are completely disenfranchised uh, many of them are new voters they feel you know there's 29 million uh white people in this country that are impoverished the majority of people on welfare in this nation are white people there aren't they don't feel as if they get any benefits from the government whatsoever they feel like they're really a forgotten uh people whenever they do try to stand up they're called bigots they're called uh every other slur uh that, that's possible every ism in the book how does hillary do you think hillary clinton i mean how does she actually reach out to those people that she believes are so deplorable they don't even deserve to have a right in this democracy to vote how does she reach out to those individuals because she's gonna have to get some of them right she is gonna have to get some of them, though, not really. I mean, the 50% part of that comment was the mistake, to my mind, because she is making sure that we point out the kind of darker forces in the Trump campaign, and that's something that appeals certainly to Democrats to shore up the base, and I think that this was to get people motivated to vote because there's anxiety about enthusiasm right now right? because he has more enthusiastic voters. So does she need the... 50% that she called deplorable. No, she can win an election without them. And, and most of them are registered Republicans that sure. she's talking about. I mean, some independents thrown in there. Um, the problem with it is, is you never insult voters, right? That's politics kind of 101, that she shouldn't have done that. Um, but these are also extenuating circumstances, you know, to rattle off a few numbers, you know, you have 76% of Trump supporters who support the Muslim ban. Two-thirds don't think President Obama is an American. Well, that's, it's 20%. 40%. Well, either way. Anyway, you can look up, Tanisi Coates wrote a, a good piece in The Atlantic about this that has all the statistics in it. But either way, 
if it's it might be 20 percent of republicans and two-thirds of trump supporters okay. by the way um but anyway a, a large number believe that barack obama is not an american i mean the fact that this birther thing is still happening today speaks to that and then there are other kind of appalling figures like you know 40 percent think that african-americans are more violent lazier and ruder than whites you know, these are deplorable qualities. You know, the fact that Mike Pence stood up there and wouldn't call David Duke deplorable sure. is an issue. And that's one that resonates with Americans, even so that Republican leadership, right, came out and said he's deplorable, right, has right. no place in the Republican Party. You know, and David Duke, uh, I believe, has played a role in this election. Remember the first time, you know, Jake Tapper asked Trump, what, 17 times if he denounced David Duke? And he said, oh, I don't know who David Duke is. You know, right. he plays these games, these little signaling games, and he retweets white supremacists. And his son makes, you know, poor Holocaust jokes. And yes, maybe it was just a wrong choice of words, but I don't know anyone who says gas chamber and isn't thinking about the Holocaust. You know, there are little things going on that I think are dangerous. Mm -hmm. And that's what she was pointing out. So... Unfortunately, it's given, I think, Trump supporters something to rally around. If you've noticed on Twitter, tons of Trump supporters have now changed their name to deplorable yeah. blah, 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 like deplorable Lucy, deplorable whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. And they're kind of owning it and they're chanting it at rallies, et cetera. But I think the point was to give independence and, you know, maybe some hesitant Republicans who are like, well, it's a pretty big deal to back Hillary Clinton because she's not just a Democrat. She's Hillary Clinton. Right. She's a total establishment, been around for 30 years. And the truth is they like her husband a lot more than they like her. So it's giving them pause. But maybe if you say you're being associated with people who are xenophobic, racist, homophobic, mm -hmm. they'll say, you know what, that's just not me. And like yeah. if you think back to last week where she did the she had the foreign policy meeting and she's sitting there next to Michael Chertoff and she has all of these Republican foreign policy leaders backing her. You can really see that it can be done. Right. The people who are putting our national security first, who are concerned about our domestic policies. I mean, Donald Trump, the latest estimations I saw that he's adding a million, uh, uh, sorry, a minimum of 10 trillion to the debt. She's not doing that. You know, he says he's creating 25 million jobs. The latest appraisal said he was losing 3.5 million jobs and she's adding 10.3 million. You know, the problem is, is the facts, it's not fun, right? Like you need a lot of people who know a lot of numbers and I'm happy to be someone like that, right? To say, well, this is this and this is that and this, you know, but that's not interesting to crowds. That doesn't fill up an arena. It doesn't make people scream and shout, but it makes for a better country when you have a president who's paying attention to the details. And that's my strongest case for Hillary Clinton, that you have someone who cares, who spent her life, even though there have been mistakes. You know, she was on the wrong side of history with the Iraq war, with not supporting gay marriage in time, et cetera, with the uh, criminal justice bill. Sorry, the... Crime bill, yeah. What's the name of the bill? The crime bill, right. et cetera. But she has evolved on a lot of these issues, and I hope that she will continue to own her mistakes and to make the case for why you need a commander-in-chief who's substantive. And he's just totally lacking in substance. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Jessica. That's perfect. That's a great, uh, a great sum up uh, pro Hillary. I got one. Everybody <laughs> who listens to the show, I got a Hillary supporter for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, and you're, and you're wonderful. And I, uh, I think you. you're, you're completely right. There is, there's too much uh, vitriol and there's too much hatred coming from both sides in this election. And I think the American people, they, November 8th can't come quick enough and they just want, Oh my I, God, I, I know. I think the American people and their hearts are just a loving bunch of individuals who are completely inclusive. And both of these,
these uh, candidates in this cycle are, are, are drawing um, from the sides as opposed to the center. And I think that's really unfortunate. Um, but I agree with it you. Um, you know, that's a wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Jessica. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I mean, it, that was amazing, right? It was amazing, Ben. That's right. Uh, Marcus is obviously not here. It's Meg. She produced the show. Thank you so much, Meg. Absolutely. Anytime. You're the best. And uh, find Jessica Tarlov. She's on Twitter. I believe it's just at Jessica Tarlov. Uh, that's T-A-R-L-O-V. Uh, she's a wonderful person, as you could uh, as you, as you you could tell by the interview. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Ben Kissel. I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel one although I very rarely take it because I don't like taking pictures of myself. They're always blurry for some reason, as if I'm a cryptid. Uh, go to the Able Against Top Hat Facebook page. Um, and, you know, join the conversation. Be nice to each other, please. And, of course, you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks and Instagram at Marcus Parks as well. And uh, all right, everyone, that'll do it. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.